Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Ready for the gospel today because that's all I got. I am a one-trick pony. I don't have nothing else but good news. I'm telling you, man. I listen. I've. <laughs> I think I said this before. I've preached some messages before and taught some stuff. I'm trying to get it off the street, so I'll buy it back from you. If you have any of that stuff in your possession, or just put it in the nearest trash bin um, in your vicinity, because it's probably not good news. There is no bad news to the good news. There is no bad news to the good news. <laughs> You can search it and you can't even find it, right? Everybody say this, all scripture bows to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the word of God. Ooh. You ready for a good, a good note you want to take real quick? You ready for this? Jesus is the final word of God. You ain't heard nothing that good in years. That, that was written. I said, Jesus is the final word of God. Well, I thought Revelation. Well, no, Jesus <laughs> is the final word of God. God doesn't speak French or Spanish or Mandarin. Hebrews 1 says, God in sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto our fathers in the past through the prophets, but in these last days he spoken to us through his son. The language of God isn't French, Mandarin, or Spanish. The language of God is son. Selah. Pause calmly and think about what you just heard. The perfect image of God is Jesus. So he is what God is saying. So Jesus is the word of God. When you talk, what are you hearing? You're hearing my what? Jesus is the word of God. Can you make it any plainer? I'm trying. He is what God is saying. Jesus is the word of God. Are you getting it? Right? Remember what Revelation says. There's a man riding a horse, many crowns on his head, a sword coming out of his mouth. His eyes are like fire, and he has a name written on his thigh for all of those who hate tattoos. He has a name written on his thigh that says, the word of God. Right, and you thought you had the first one, but anyway, keep right on going there. We're learning to let Jesus redefine everything we believe about life. I, I got some stuff in my heart that over the next several months we're going to unpack. And I'm telling you, yeah, it'll probably be something like, well, most, I, I, if I hear it one more time, I ain't never heard that before, preacher. The gospel, I bless you with the revelation. The gospel is extremely simple, but we are going to begin to talk about some stuff that, I mean, one guy told me, he said, you know, if you talk about that, people might leave your church or they might go somewhere else because you're getting them too free. Well, you want them partially bound? I don't have, 
I don't have people like like sheep, like uh, I'm sorry, like cows. I don't want to put my brand on them. So if they get lost, they know to come back to me. That, that, that's we don't do that. So I'm not. Watch this. I'm never going to tag you. <laughs> when you find home, you'll know your home. But we're going to be in the talk about some stuff that I'm just telling you. We we don't need another good church in this region. Got 2,000 of those. And little to nothing has been impacted by it. What we need is people who know they are salt and light. Come on. And we, need, we, we, we really do want to see a culture impacted. So I'm telling you, there's about to be, I don't even know how it happens. I don't even know what to pray for other than just Jesus do it. So we're fixing to see, it's always been his heart. He's waiting for us to get, to get in alignment with him. We're about to see an explosion in the arts again begin to take place. We're about to see waves of creativity like we've never seen before begin to take place. I was having a conversation this morning about there are so many people right now in our nation that are famous that started out in church, but because church didn't know how to receive them, they went to the quote unquote world. Because it wouldn't fit in our religious paradigms. Yeah. We're not called to be the light of heaven. We're called to be the light of the what? (laughs) We're not called to be the salt of heaven. We're called to be the salt of the... So how do we season it? That just means Yahweh is going to find some unseasoned territories and he's going to find people that have allowed themselves to be seasoned by him. And he says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to sprinkle you there. I'll show you how I'm going to turn Edmund upside down. I'll show you how I'm going to get my flavor and more. I'm going to put you there. Boom. Jesus ain't coming back to do nothing. He's not coming back to do anything. Matter of fact, he's sitting down and and doesn't intend on standing up. He said, it is, I'm done. So now what? I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. Go ye therefore as ambassadors of mine and compel men to be reconciled to me. Go. If it's going to get done in our neighborhoods, angels aren't coming to do it. He sent us. Those who bear his image, I, I feel, I'm telling you, I feel Tabasco sauce on my skinny thighs. I'm about to throw something right now. It's going to happen through us. Everybody say, through me. And what's Tabasco sauce? Chick-fil-A sauce. And that's, that's good right there. There we go. I bless you with that revelation in Jesus' name. Let me get back to my notes because I get real prophetic real quick. Now, I never had a desire to pastor church. I had a big desire to love people. I had a big desire to love people. Never had a desire to be a preacher. I hate, I hate to comment. I'm a preacher. I had a great desire to be a son. I too many preachers that are not sons. Too many pastors that don't know how to be sons. 
This is not a vocation. Not to me, it's not. Yahweh, I pray today that as we hear the gospel, that we'll be moved to the place of transformation in our hearts. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God that leads to salvation to everyone who believes first, the Jew first, and also to the Gentile and the Greeks. For written therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.16. I say over this family today that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me see. Where to go? If you brought your uh, owner's manuals today, I'm going to look at a few different passages. Let me make sure, Horace, what I gave you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay? That's all I got. So... We've been talking about the word union for the last, I don't know how many weeks or almost, I don't know if we're on a couple months yet, but I'm going to just keep right on in that vein. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Did you get that one, Horace, by chance? Did you get 1 Corinthians 1, 30? Okay. Well, you can put that up on the screen whenever you got it. Um, most of you don't have this translation unless you have you version, but it's the, it's, the, it's the best one to me of this translation. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. It says this, but of him, meaning of our Father, you are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now, that's New King James, but the CJB says this. It is his doing that you are united with the Messiah. It is the Father's doing that we have been united with the Father. And because of that, Jesus has been come to us wisdom, righteousness, and holiness from God. That's who he became from us. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 21. It's a lot of reading here, but it does good to read this. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. You can put that up, uh, Horace, when you get it. I might... Just read it from there. I guess I have it on my phone, but <clears throat> we'll track with you. Listen to this. For the love of, of God or Christ controls or compels us. What compels us? Love. The love of Christ compels. How beautiful is that? The love of Christ compels us. Watch this. Because we have concluded this, that one died for all. One died for how many? You can't show me a person that Jesus didn't die for. Yeah, but they don't believe the same thing. You can't show me a person he didn't die for. We conclude this, that one died for all. Therefore, to the same degree that one died for everybody, watch this, to that same degree, therefore, all have what? Died. 
and he died for all that those who live, watch this, talk about freedom, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard nobody after the flesh. That right there will set the world free. Yeah, I know Tiffany. Tiffany works there. She does this. This is a, no, don't, we don't know nobody after the flesh. Quit treating people a certain way based off how they live. Watch this. And treat people the way Jesus would treat them. You know what the Pharisees did? Regarded people after the flesh. Leper, get away from me. Prostitute, you're not worthy to be in my presence. Because they regarded people, Sean, after the flesh. You know what Jesus did? He didn't regard them after their flesh. You had to be here last week. He honored them based off the image of the one they were made in. He even goes on to say, watch this. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, but now we don't do that anymore. Like what? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new what? You believe that? Do you believe it to the point that it plays out in how you live? See, we in church, we give stuff mental assent. We say, yeah, I believe that. To to an Eastern mind, it doesn't mean you believe it if you say you believe it here. To an Eastern mind, it means you believe it when you lived it out. It's not head felt, it's heart felt. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Watch this. All this is from God. I'm reading ESV now. Who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, watch this, that, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Do you know that <laughs> Jesus on the earth had his father, God, living in him. He didn't go around saying, you're a sinner, 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 you're a sinner. I'm judging you for your sin, judging you for your sin, judging you for your sin, judging you for your sin. Do you know what God the Father was doing through the Son when he was on the planet, not counting men's sins against them? That's a little bit different than what you hear in church, isn't it? Not counting their sins, their trespasses, nor their iniquities against them, but doing what? Go back up one verse. Reconciling the whole, the Greek word is cosmos, every created thing, he was pulling it back to himself. That's what he was doing. Well, on the cross, the father turned his back on the son. Quit taking scripture out of context. The father never turned his back on his son. Because he took sin into his body. That ain't even in the Bible, by the way. We preach some crazy stuff in America. I don't want to serve a God that calls himself father that would turn his back on his son. And if he would turn his back on a perfect one, then I know I don't got half a chance. But you know what the father was doing in the son on the cross? He was pulling the whole of the cosmos to himself. That's what he was doing on the cross. Yeah, but Jesus said, Eloi, Eloi, Lama, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was actually quoting from the Messianic Psalm, Psalms 22. 
Actually, that's the only part of that they put in the scripture. But in his day, they didn't take a scripture out of context. He would have, actually, they didn't even say Psalms. They sang Psalms. He was singing from the cross and he sang his way through all of Psalms 22 that says they separated my garments from me. They cast lots for my God. He was singing Psalms 22 and he sung out there. The only time Jesus ever called Yahweh God was that one time. Every other time he called him Papa, every other time. He was saying on the cross what all of humanity felt. I feel like you have forsaken me. He was taking on all of our nature in that very instance. And as a man who felt separated from God, he was never separated from the Father, but we felt that way, but he was becoming like us in all ways. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But if you keep on reading the rest of Psalms 22... He goes on to say, you never turn your face from me. I bless you with that revelation in Jesus' name. On the cross, pulling the world to you. You feel that? Just talking about it? Jesus. Pulling the world to himself. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his special appeal through us. We implore you, meaning you and I, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, the Father made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. This is verse 21. So that you and I, through Jesus, might become the righteousness of God. Did you hear that? God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that in him or through him we might become what? The? Of God. Trying to think if I want to read these other 37 verses that I have on the back of my mind right now. Like I really do, Jesus, want to read some of those verses. What about Matthew 6, 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs> what about Psalms 112 verse 6 surely the righteous will never be shaken huh that's so many verses on here Psalms 34 15 the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry man I want to talk about righteousness a little bit this term union is very interesting to me. Once again, union just simply means we have become one with God. You cannot be separated ever again from him. Well, what about my sin? Your sin, biblically, your sin was dealt with before you were ever even born. Jesus is the lamb, according to scripture, slain when? Before the foundation of the world. In other words, I'm going to clean up the milk before humans ever have a chance to spill it. <laughs> I'm going to provide you a remedy for your brokenness before you ever get broken. God never had to react to anything because he never waited for anything to happen before he moved. He is alpha. It's the Greek letter A. But he is also omega at the same time. He is beginning all the while still being the end at the same time. Jesus calls himself, he says, I am the first. And what else? And he says what? All at the same time. 
Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 46, makes this statement. He says, there is no God like the Lord, for our God declares the end from the beginning. See, humans, we can only tell the beginning from the end because we have to start at Alpha, but not him. God can tell Teresia, I know where you're going to end up in life. I know your address you're going to end up. I know your favorite food that you're going to like right before you die. I know how many kids you're going to have. I know the money you're going to make down to the red cent. I can tell you how many hairs are going to be on your head when you die. All of that before you were ever even born. God, how can you do that? Because I am the first and the last. I am beginning and I am end. And I feel everything in between. Isaiah said the thing that makes our God different than every other God is that he can declare the end from the beginning. One God said when they make movies, they always, they like to make sometimes, when, when it's a really epic movie, he said they'll make the last scene first, and he said then they'll build into it. That's a lot how God thinks. God never started anything that he didn't first finish. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up this monitor and just throw it up across the back of this room. That means if you're trying to figure out whether or not God's going to do it for you, the answer to that is this. Did he start it? Oh, and if he started it, Isaiah said he declares the end from the beginning. Philippians 1.6, he that hath begun a good work will be faithful to bring it to its fruition. If he started it, I'm telling you, he's going to do it. God is a divine builder. Before they built the house that you and I are living in, it was completed on paper first. It was completed in the mind of the architect or the designer before a brick was ever even laid. And if they can do that on paper as a human, don't you know that God has already traveled into your future saying, I'm putting this in place and this in place and this in place. And when it happens, you'll know I did it because I'm the God that declares the end from the beginning. Ain't nobody like me. And you worried about whether or not you're going to make your truck payment. Please. We've got so much to learn. I'm talking we, me, we. Because of Jesus, we have become joint heirs to the throne of God. For most of us, that's a Bible verse. No, that's a reality. I'm not going to be a joint heir. I am one. I'm not one day going to be the offspring of God. You are it right now. I want to say something. I'm going to make some big statements today. You are as righteous right now as you will ever be. Yeah, but brother, one day in the great by and by. No, it's always now in the scripture. It's now faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
before he's the God that was or, or will be, he's always the God that is first. God lives, watch this, in the eternal isness. You are as righteous right now as you'll ever be. Yeah, but you didn't hear I talked to my wife last night. Well, you are so righteous that you can't untie your righteousness by sinful deeds. And most of us grew up with a faith that you thought you could actually lose it. How did you lose your faith? You told a lie. You're telling me a lie undid what Jesus did on the cross? Are you kidding me? So you're telling me that the sin of Adam is stronger than the righteous work of Jesus. I beg to differ. What Adam did cannot undo what Christ has done. Come on now, listen. We grew up, listen guys, I grew up, I'm telling you, you could lose your salvation. You can't. The only way you could lose it is if you made it or you did it. But you cannot undo what God has done. And the reason most of us live in fear and in performance and in not being fulfilled is because we live in that kind of reality. You are as righteous as you will ever be, not based off one ounce of effort. We are righteous solely because of what God has done through the Son. The theologian Gino Vanetti said this. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is a good point to put on the, on, on, on the screen for me right here, Horace. Righteousness is goodness that is good enough for a perfect God. Righteousness is goodness that is good enough for a perfect God. I'm going to say it again. Righteousness is goodness that is good enough for a perfect God. Man, Jesus. I can't be righteous because I'm still doing this. <laughs> Has anybody ever thought that other than me? It's like somebody said, you're a saint. And you're thinking, you knew my thought life. And don't you think God knew that about us? That's why union is so important. Because when you become one with God or recognize that you already are one with him, you cannot undo by an unrighteous act what he's done by a righteous act. Rather, in union, the strength of the strong one becomes the strength of the weaker one. This is why union is so important. Jesus said once again, I am the vine and you are the what? Does the branch have a personal relationship with the vine or does it have union with the vine? And the vine supplies, watch this, life-giving sap to the rest of the branch so that the branch finds its life by living through the vine. You and I are as righteous as we will ever be. Here's why. Because we have the righteousness of Jesus not coming one day or someday God's going to, but I'm telling you, it's today you are righteous. Today you are righteous. Sure don't feel like it. I almost said some stuff, but I'm not going to say some stuff. 
There is little to well, zero scriptures in the new covenant that talk about your feelings, about whether you feel saved or feel righteous or feel pure. But Paul wrote all of these letters to people who felt horrible, but he still said, I'm writing to the saints that are in Corinth. Corinth? You should have wrote to Ephesus. Because in Corinth, they're sleeping with their mother-in-laws. In Corinth, they're getting drunk at communion. This is Corinth. I write to those who are sanctified in Christ in Corinth. In Corinth? You found sanctified people in Corinth? No, but see, we quit reading too early. This is the same guy that said, don't know nobody by the what? Flesh. See them the way Abba sees them. And if you see them the way Abba sees them, you will treat them differently. You want to know how to get somebody to change? Don't always, 100% of the time, you are bad because, look, you keep doing this. No, speak truth over them. Speak over them the way God sees them, and you will literally see their life been elevated to the place in which God sees them at. So he wrote to people that were unsaved sanctified who definitely didn't live to be saintly but he knew none of it had to do with their lifestyle but he knew all of it had to do with what Jesus had already done this is the gospel this is the gospel so what is righteousness righteousness is goodness that is good enough for a perfect God You could say that it is the DNA of God given to us through Jesus. It is the DNA. It is the divine nature of Abba given to us through the Son. Brother, you better be careful. Telling people they got a divine nature. Now, Peter said that. Through these exceeding great and precious promises has been given to us a divine nature. Peter said that. By the way, he walked with Christ. I think he knew what he was talking about. You're taking notes, write this down. Righteousness is a part. I don't like this verbiage, but it's the best way I know how to describe it. Righteousness is part of your salvation. Watch this package. In other words, when you buy shoes, did you have to buy the side of the shoe? And then you had to go buy the sole of the shoe? And then you had to go buy the tongue of the shoe? And then you had to go buy the shoestring of the shoe? Or was all that part of the package? It's just part of the package. Do you know that righteousness was part of the salvation package, as it were, for you and I? Well, now I got saved. Now I got to go get righteous. I'm about to really mess with some religious people. I grew up where they believe you got saved. Watch this. Watch this. And then you get sanctified. Oh, sanctified. Oh. Hey. Ha. I had a brother in our church, he'd do this right here. He'd walk across the front just like this right here, like, mm. I'm going to tell you a true story. I was in a conference with a guy. He was talking about his, I mean, he, he, this guy's got a church of maybe seven or 8,000 people right now. But he said in the church he grew up in, he had a brother that would come up front. And he said he had one of those big family Bibles. I'm talking about family Bibles. I'm talking about burgundy on the outside, gold, the gold seams. Woo, 75 pounds. Look like my man Ben been lifting one of them, but I mean big Bibles. 
He said his brother would ha- always have that Bible up at the altar. People would be praying. See, see, we used to have altar times in the middle of service where people would come up and they would tell you how bad the week's been for 30 minutes and then pray for two. I don't know nothing about that. My goldfish died. My dog died. The devil's been riding my back. I mean, crazy stuff we'd hear in church. I'm like, if you'd have fed the fish, you wouldn't have died. Let's go. This brother, he said this brother walked behind people like this right here. The family Bible. And whoever he stopped behind, that he would take that Bible. He said he watched it multiple times. He would take that Bible and hit them and say, I'm putting a word on you. I said, brother, you had about one time. You got, a, you got about one time. I'm going to just say this. He never went across the railroad tracks and did that. That wouldn't have worked in my house. Like, he'd have got, I'm putting the word on you. <laughs> yes, you, about to get, you got life insurance. <laughs> we believe you got saved, sanctified, whatever that means. And if you did it right, you could get filled. Oh, with the Holy Ghost. I almost ran. I almost ran, but I didn't do it. I almost did it. I'm about to take off my right now. Come out of this thing. If you did it right, and you had to be saved by 20 years to do it right. Until I read what Paul just wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.30. But God put us in Christ Jesus who has been made for us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. So when do we become or get those things? When you recognize that you and I have been put in Jesus and his union, his union became ours. Somebody shout, it's part of the package. Righteousness is part of the package. You don't get righteous one day. You know what you do rather? Slowly but surely, we are getting awakened, Lindsay, to how righteous we already are. We we are being awoken, made alive and aware the fact that I'm already righteous. My phone's in my pocket. Watch this. Anybody see my phone? Anybody see my phone? Yeah. I ain't, ain't nobody in the room ever done this, but I'm just talking about me. Anybody ever see my phone? You see my phone? See my, now tell me where my phone is. Am I seeing my phone? Come on, talk. Am I seeing my phone? No, it's not. Anybody see my phone? Where's my phone? No, it's not. Anybody see my phone? You see my phone? That's what I feel like telling people. I'm trying to be righteous. No, you already are in Jesus. No, I'm not. No, you already are in Jesus. No, I'm not. You already are in Jesus. No, I'm not. And so religion has created this hamster wheel where we spend the whole of our Christian life trying to become something we already are. Just keep serving the man of God. Just keep being faithful. Just keep showing up. No, become made aware 
of what's already yours in Jesus Christ. Man, this, the gospel is so freeing to me. Don't get it twisted. Sin has drastic consequences. It will destroy your life. Repentance is still needed. Sin can still destroy your life. But when you understand the grace that's been given to us through Jesus, I'm telling you, you want nothing to do with it. Righteousness is a part of the salvation too. I want you to write this down. Righteousness is imputed through the cross. What? Righteousness is imputed to us through the cross. I'm going to say it again. Righteousness is imputed to us through the cross of Jesus. I'm going to read some of Romans here a little bit. Romans chapter 3. Watch this. I'm going to start. You feel, I could quote this. I could quote all of Romans 3, but I want you, I'm going to just say this one part, and I want you to hear this. You ready for this? Romans 3 and 23. Well, let me read. Let me, let me start at verse 19 and read down. Just I want to give you a little bit of context. Because if, te- if you take text out of context, you got a con. Verse 19 of Romans 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, for all my law lovers, and the law says this for this reason. Why why do we have the law? That every mouth may be stopped and that the world may become guilty before God. Because what did the law do? It told you, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. That's the law. We We even tell our kids, obey the law. Right? That's the law. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in God's sight. Y'all hear that? I'm going to say it again. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in God's sight. Or you could substitute the word righteous right there, by the way, in, in, in a place of justified. By keeping the law, no flesh will be justified in God's sight. For by the law comes the what? Romans 3.20, knowledge of sin. Watch this. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law has been revealed. Or the righteousness of God outside of the law, apart from the law, has been revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Watch this. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus. Hold up. So I don't got to try to keep them. One, two, three, four, five, 613 commandments to be righteous. He says, no. Why? Because verse 20 said, you can never be considered justified or righteous by obeying rules. The law only dealt with the externals. It might keep me from stealing, but it didn't change the fact that I wanted to do it in my heart. It might keep me from hopping in the bed with a woman, but it never could change my heart to make me not even desired anymore. The law worked behavior modification in people's lives. The law, watch this, demanded righteousness, but couldn't give you the power to fulfill it. Ooh. I said the law demanded righteousness, but couldn't give you the power to be righteous. But now the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ is to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. There is no difference. What? Keep on going. Verse 23. For all have 
And what? Of the what? And don't you know that in the writing of Scripture, we do not have chapters and verses. And don't you know that that was one continuous letter. And also, don't you know there's a comma at the end of that verse and not a period. But nobody ever told you what the next verse says. Because these great sin preachers preached on that right there. And they failed to understand the weight coming behind that verse. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, comma, being justified or made righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see what happens if you quit school early? <laughs> For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. God, I sinned and I fell shorter. And God's going, man, brother, just keep reading the book. <laughs> Seriously. Because watch this. Being Made righteous by what? Freely by his what? Through the redemption that is in Christ. That's the cross. Everybody say the cross. cross. We sing a song when I was a boy. We'd say, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my rode away. It was there by faith. I received my And now, man, I'm happy. For most of my life, that was a lie. Because when I received my sight, they put filters on me. I'm going to teach you how to see through a Baptist lens or a Pentecostal lens or whatever lens you might be. And I sang a song about being happy all my days because I saw the light. No, I didn't. And I saw the system so bad. It messed me up for most of my life. Now I'm seeing differently. What is my favorite quote I make all the time? We've been homeschooled in the wrong home, but now we've changed homes. This is you and I, the left side of the cross. By the way, don't get caught living on, in the wrong side of time. Everything pre-cross was not for your good. This is Jesus over here. And by the way, this was Jesus on here as well. Everybody say that. that, that everybody say to say that drawing's amazing. Thank you didn't have to say that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. You blessed me so much. Thank you. Paul says, watch what Paul says now. Watch what Paul says. Paul says, we've been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep reading verse 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed. Let me just keep right on reading. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who puts faith in him. So you and I, and I, come on, we're talking about church. What was our state prior to Jesus? What, what do you, I mean, I'm gonna tell you what I felt like. This be, I felt I felt guilty. Woo. Come on, just what, 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 what's something else? Shame. Uh, but ain't that such a big deal? Like legitimately shame? Shame. 
Dirk, I love it. I'm going to put without hope. Man, that's a big deal. Oh, man, that's a big deal. Frustrated. Uh-huh. Man. Unworthy. Like legitimately, did you identify with any of these terms? Like, like I felt this way, but I felt this way in multiple areas of my life. That, that, that's before I even found faith. If I'm going to be honest, faith brought more of this on me because of the lenses that I got placed on me. I'll just be honest with you. I was already failing, and then you put this on me to do it. Now I got to try to be righteous. I got to try to be sanctified. I can't be without guilt, shame, and I'm feeling dirty. Outside of that, now I'm living for a holy and a perfect God. Good luck. But the gospel. What was God's remedy? Okay, I got time. Here was God's remedy. And and you know what? The list could keep going on, right? We We could keep naming stuff. I mean, crazy stuff. Look, I don't got as much money as Sean's got. I've been serving God longer. I don't understand. I don't live in a house as nice as Stephen and Tiffany. They don't even never hardly come to church. God, why'd you bless them more? I don't understand why my health is failing. I've been serving you. I've been paying tithes my whole life. This person don't even know you or care to know you. And they're in perfect health. Where do you want to draw the line at? Here comes Jesus now. Theologians for centuries have called what I'm fixing to do for you this. They've called it the great exchange. They've called this the great exchange. I think it was Peter that said he died, watch this, the just for the unjust. What Jesus did on the cross, what he did on the cross, listen now, what he did on the cross. See, I don't want to talk about nothing if it doesn't work in Home Depot. It's not worth my time. I don't care to sermonize people and I could get an organ player and we could could shout and make these lights bust. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the hat. Just three times. The great exchange, Jesus on the cross said, give me all of your what? Give me all of your what? Give me all of your what? Give me all of your without hope. Give me all of your frustration. Give me all of your unworthiness. Give me all of your discouragement. And give me all of your whatever else we could have put. Give Give it all to me. I want every single bit of it. I want it all. But I don't know if you know what you're talking about, Jesus. Because this is for every person in the eternal past, present, and future. He did this for not just you or me. He did it for everybody. See, it wasn't the weight of the cross that made Jesus fall. It was the weight of all of the sins of humanity, past, present, and future. 
You catch what I just said? Watch it now. He said, you give me all of this stuff right here that's bogging you down. Give it all. I want it all. Give it all to me. Give it all to me. On the cross, what was Jesus doing? It was his last and final act of becoming I mean, he was human, but it was his last and final act, as it were, of becoming and absorbing everything that humanity had done since Adam in Eden. And he absorbed every single piece of it in his body. He had to put it into it, which is why it required death. And it would have been a foolish thing for God to do if he didn't if he didn't truly believe that even death could be conquered. Because the end result of what Adam did in the garden was all of this stuff that ultimately ended in separation and death. And the only way that the Christ knew to get it back was he had to go everywhere that sin had taken Adam, meaning all of humanity, and that last place was death itself. (laughs) And Jesus went there. And on a cross, absorbed all of it. And then, this is why it's called the great exchange, right? My friend calls it, watch this, the gospel swap. You gave me all of your wickedness and all of your unrighteousness and all that stuff. And then you know what Jesus says I'm going to do for you? I'm going to give you everything that was on me. I'm going to give you everything that was on me. Let's make a switch here. Let's make a switch. So Peter would go on to say, oh, he died, the just for the unjust. You know what the writer, you know what the, the writer, the epistle writers in the New Testament are going to say? He became what? Poor so that we could become what? Rich. You notice the great exchange? He was rich. He became sin that you and I might become The righteousness of God. How will that happen outside of the great exchange? How will that happen outside of the gospel swap? And I want to tell you, he didn't think for a second not to do it. He had predetermined before he come to the earth, I'm going to do this for you. This is the word I got this morning. (laughs) It's what Paul would call imputed. You could even say it's infused righteousness or imputed righteousness or our Pentecostal circles. I got an impartation. Try to sound so spiritual. That doesn't come out of your mouth any other time. Don't say it in church. This stuff works everywhere, man. Everywhere. What happened last week at Home Depot? Remember, remember I'm, at the, I'm at the cash register. She's like, what are you doing? I was buying up stuff for something we're doing at church. My kids go to church. Awesome. Awesome. What about you? Shame immediately. Guilt. Felt dirty instantly. And she majorly felt this right here unworthy. She said, well, I am, I just came out of a a lesbian relationship and I don't, I got a lot of shame and I don't feel worthy. Instantly, watch, watch the greatest change now. Instantly I said, who put that shame on you? Because I promise you, 
It wasn't this guy. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't do shame on you. You know what he does? Shame off you. Yeah, shame off you. It's a great exchange. As I talk to her, all I'm doing through casual conversation is I'm helping her to see what's already been done. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am that was an exchange happy. You don't even know her. And I'm watching her guilt become his. Her shame become his. And I watch without her getting a makeup treatment from the best in the city, Miss Teresia, I watched her countenance change. As I'm buying tarps and random pipes from Home Depot. But the gospel works everywhere. So righteousness is part of the package. Watch this. Righteousness was imputed through the cross. The cross was not just a place that Jesus died. He did die there, but understand there's a lot of stuff that died there. God made him to be sin for us that through him, you and I might now become the righteousness of God. So how righteous are you? Come on, Taylor, real quick. You are just as righteous right now in your life as Jesus was when he walked the planet. It is quiet in this quiet church today. I said, you are as righteous right now as Jesus was the day he walked the earth. Woo! That's the best thing you've heard in church in years. Come on. This is the gospel. Let me read something to you. Anything else I need to say on here, Lord? If Just say I'm sitting down, I'm eating at a restaurant, and, and Sawyer walks in. He's like, PJ, man, it's good to see you. I say, good to see you, Sawyer. Just say I'm sitting, I don't know. Uh, just say I'm sitting at Charles's, I'm, I'm, I'm eating. I order him a nice steak, and I got my family and my kids there. And he says, hey, 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 um, I want you to take what he just ordered. I want you to put that on my tab, and I'm going to cover it for him. I'm going to cover it for him. Well, now I don't know you're going to do that. I'm getting dessert for everybody. I just want you to know that off the top. When Sawyer did that for me, he didn't just get my food for me, Matt. He said, I'm taking the debt that this food would have incurred to you, and I'm paying for it. On my account, my tail, I want it. I want it. That's what he's telling me. And he's freeing me from it. <laughs> but I'm getting all the benefit of the meal. <laughs> Man, you want to tell the gospel? Jesus said, you have incurred a lot of debt. <laughs> but I'm coming. I'm coming now. John said in the book of Revelation, he had this throne room encounter, Matt, and he said, I, he saw the throne. And he said, I saw in the hand of him who sat on the throne, he had a scroll in his hand, and he said it was sealed with seven seals. And essentially that was telling John, man, unless we could find somebody who can undo those seals, humanity is doomed. And, you know, they checked, couldn't find nobody. And John said, I fell down 
and I began to weep. <laughs> oh, man. He said, but an angel came in my weeping state and touched me on the shoulder. And he said, John, weep no more for the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed and he can open the scroll. How's he going to do this? He is going to go to the earth and become like man in every way. In the same way man lost, as it were, that sense of righteousness at a tree called the knowledge of good and evil in a place called Eden, which means paradise of pleasure, Jesus will go down on a tree himself. (laughs) And he will incur all the debt. He will take on his tab all the debt of the stuff that we've done. And then he's going to give me everything he had that doesn't make sense. No, that's why the gospel literally means the too good to be true good news, yet it's true. It's the gospel, man. So you got righteousness imputed. I'm putting it in you. You got righteousness infused. I'm putting it in you. You got righteousness imparted. I'm putting it in you. It's you and I. We live in a day of filters. There's one person online, God bless her heart, I don't think I've ever seen a picture that she didn't have a filter. What really gets scary is when they take like the little, the filter with like the deer photos and they look better as the deer than they do themselves. I'm like, whoa, man, great, mighty Jesus. You might want to, don't. Better quit putting that deer filter on, sweetheart. That's scary stuff right there. There's a reason they do that, though, you know. They want people to see a certain, something that's really not real. And you see some of these people, and like you bump into them maybe when you're out and about shopping, you're like, oh, Jesus. Get that filter back on, like, quick. That filter, what happened to that filter? Like, did they sell that in like a mask or something? Like, you, I'm gonna buy you three of them, sweetie. Can I tell you something? God sees my acne, He sees the hair I have coming out of my ears. He sees me graying. <laughs> and he never said, I sure wish you put on a filter. I never wish you'd do that. The gospel, it unfiltered me. I mean, this is how I feel like as a man, right? <laughs> and it lets me be me. But in light of this, come on, stand to your feet with me. We, we would have a reason to worry if God would ever not be good. But he is good. He's all good. He's all good. He's all good. This is Isaiah 55. I want to read this over you. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts and your thoughts. I could have never thought of this. For as the rain comes down from above and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but it waters the earth and it makes the earth bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but that word that goes out of my mouth, it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I send it. For you shall go out with joy and you will be led with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Notice the exchange there. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Notice the exchange there. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall never be cut off. I want to say this to you today as we close. The word of the Lord has gone out to you today. And you are as righteous now as you will ever be. You don't give God pleasure by saying, God, help me to fix this so I can be righteous or God, make me righteous. You give him pleasure by saying, God, I know that I'm a broken individual and I do crazy things, but I also understand that in light of my brokenness, you made me righteous through the sun and there ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm just living up to the person that you made me. That brings pleasure to his heart. If you're in this room today, I'm telling you, and you're struggling with any of these things, you need to see that Jesus is not going to take them. He actually already did take them. He bore them in his body on the tree. And you know what he did? He planted them in a grave. And you know what grew out of that grave when he planted it? A tree of life for you and I. And the fruit from that tree is life and joy and wholeness. It up. Yahweh, we thank you for the gospel. At 38 years old, I'm grateful for the gospel. I just feel like goodness is resting. Man. I just feel goodness resting. I'm telling you, this is the divine exchange, the great exchange is happening. The gospel swap is happening. Just for the unjust, the rich for the poor righteousness in the place of wickedness purity in the place of impurity Woo. some of you guys are going to wake up you're going to have a different filter on your eyes you're going to see things differently what has been infused imputed and imparted to you is going to begin to ooze through your pores I'm telling you something friend I'm telling you I release you today to go live out this gospel and live out this message. You don't got to try to go do different. Just be different. And the doing will take care of itself. I love you. Through Jesus, you have been made righteous. Through Jesus, the peace of God is already given to you. Through Jesus, you are favored and flavored of God. Now go be salt and go be light. God bless you guys. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. 
If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed. Thank you.